Okay, welcome back. Um, today's big news is the Xbox uh, first party games event. So these are games announced, games being developed by Microsoft's Microsoft owned game studios. Is that correct? Am I um, for the for the most part? Most, mostly, yeah. There's a few. There's some exceptions, but for the most yeah. part, yeah. I guess that yeah, because there was uh, there was some bungee stuff in there, there. So okay, yeah. There's a there's a number of non um, first party games. However, the caveat being that all of these games are going to be available on Game Pass in some form. In some form. So that's uh, now Game Pass being Microsoft's uh, subscription model for games. So you yeah, ne- Netflix you, for games. Yeah, there you go. I I mean that that most people have been calling the best deal in gaming <laughs> ever. Yes, <laughs> is what fifteen, sixteen bucks a month after today. Uh, so it's, it by itself is ten. Yeah, but if you have Ultimate. It bundles Xbox Live Gold in with it, um, and that's fifteen. Oh, okay, got it. Which um, actually makes it an even better deal. Yep. Like it actually makes it cheaper than getting just. I, I don't know why anybody would get rid of their Game Pass. <laughs> and, Plus, if you have Ultimate, you get it on both console and PC, and as you'll well, get you'll get X Cloud when yeah. it comes out. It's a pretty good deal. The uh, I just I'm not feeling the like another subscription kind of thing. I also don't <laughs> yeah. play enough games, I think, to even quite justify it. I th- I think that's the bigger part for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will Michael, play it's, small it's individual really, games deeply, and it's really interesting because I I felt the same way when I first signed up because I had a very strict like for a long time I had a very strict one game a year, so I was spending sixty dollars a year on games. And then, you know, plus I got more than that for your Xbox Live. Right. Sure. sure, sure. <laughs> but, but then when I, because uh, that was back in mostly in college, as a college student, you yeah. typically don't have lots of extra money. Pinch but then pins. when I got a job, I found myself spending more money on more games that I played less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've, I've found that this is a great way to kind of supplement. I actually end up spending less on games overall, and I get to try out more games. And I guess games are things that like you don't generally go back to a whole lot, uh, with with some exceptions, yeah, yeah, with some yeah. exceptions. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, they're like they're the ones that stick around. Um, but for the most part, yeah, you, you play through a game, and then it doesn't continue to be something that you interact with for a long time. So. It's effectively so, like so, getting the disc and then selling it to GameStop. So yeah, I think yeah. I think it's interesting because we were we were talking about this event, and that, and really we like it. Can't, we kind of came to the conclusion without really saying it that they really didn't have any better of a showing than PlayStation. They maybe oh, even no. had a slightly worse one, depending on where you land on some of these. But the thing that I was more excited about it because. Like during the PlayStation one, I was like, yeah, that looks cool, but I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on it. Like that's mm-hmm. what kept going through my head. Mm. And then I'm watching this and I'm going, oh, that looks cool. I'm kind of excited just to try that. And it was like most games. I could say that because they're on Game Pass and I have Game Pass. So it's like no no matter how interested I am in any of these games, I can try it. Yep. 
That is pretty cool. Uh, there were some limitations for like, um, not all things like not you didn't get the full game. Maybe it, so what, on on first party games. So anything that's developed by an Xbox game studio, you're going to get everything. Right. Okay. Um, on certain games like Crossfire and, and even like Destiny 2, there's going to be aspects of that game that aren't available via the Game, game Pass subscription. Uh, for Crossfire, it was the campaign. So the multiplayer is essentially free to, free to play if you have Game Pass. And, and, I, then, and I think, and then you'd have to purchase the game for the campaign. And correct? I think, uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, so, so you could play the multiplayer Crossfire for free, but the campaign you had to pay for, right? And then Outer Worlds, I believe, because I saw a caveat that said the full game is on Game Pass, but I didn't, I didn't know if that meant that the DLC is not on Game Pass or if it was uh, just saying. It was just yeah. telling you that it's also available. So that one I would put a an asterisk next to it because mm-hmm. I'm not positive about. Yeah, and then with Destiny 2, it was the season like the season pass or the season content, seasonal content is not um a part of the Game Pass subscription, just the expansions. Yeah. But That's even the still new pretty one. big though. But Which even the new pretty, one, oh, that's huge. was surprising. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the one that hasn't come out yet. New one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that was, uh, that was for me, was the biggest surprise of the show was Bungie getting a nod and sort of kind of off having a special deal with Microsoft. <laughs> right, um, yeah. You know, they've been so close to Sony for so long that ha- having Microsoft, you know, back i don't know together with bungie like doing anything is kind of like whoa hey you know yeah uh, took took me by surprise um we got some new footage i believe too right of the uh, uh, yes yeah new gameplay trailer yeah uh looks interesting the um i forget who said it in our group but uh, somebody was saying that the darkness powers look like ice powers yeah <laughs> and that seems <laughs> well, to be the it- thing it's kind of weird because I like it's ice powers and it's on Europa, which is an ice planet. So I'm like, is it is it really darkness tied? <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> just, kinda just local weird temperature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and after so many years, we've seen we've seen the darkness, and, and and obviously things can evolve over time. But I I always felt like it would be more fluid than it is. I guess maybe I'm just thinking back to the heart of the black garden and kind of that it's right. almost an organic, mm-hmm. but yet solid thing. Um, and, and who knows, maybe they'll have lore. Like maybe that's maybe the reason it's acting the way that it does is because we're somehow like adapting it. Yeah. As creatures that are infused with immense amounts of light, maybe that affects how it, I sort of uh, figured that the um, the way Destiny is going to go, though, with the darkness and the blobs and stuff, um, the the game The Gunk has a solution to that. 
don't know if you guys had that thought. So this is like this platformer kind of game, maybe where you like run around and you like suck up this black goo with a vacuum that's on your back. It's, I don't know. It's I didn't quite understand what I was watching, um, but I definitely had the thought of like, oh, it's like uh, if Destiny, <laughs> like the Guardians in Destiny, could use some of those backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think those would be really useful against the vex you know you just poke a hole in them with a bullet and then you put the vacuum against it oh yeah yeah <laughs> um uh so the show opened uh sort of skipping back the show opened surprisingly with halo infinite which i thought for sure was going to be like you know what they put at the end for you know the oh, uh, bury the lead the finisher I saw it coming a mile away. It's like it's what most people tuned in for, so I don't think they they wanted to lose anybody. <laughs> eh. I feel like if you're gonna if you're there, you're there anyway. I I don't know. I, I thought it was coming at the end, so I was really surprised when they just boom right off the bat. Um, well, and they they had another surprise to end with, which we can talk yeah, about later. But when when, when when we think about what they did end with, it doesn't surprise me that they started with Halo. Mm. Yeah. Usually end with a surprise, not with a, something that everybody knows is gonna. So Halo, gonna be there. Halo is something that is uh, near and dear to uh, all of us. It's sort of effectively how we all came together. Um, even if we didn't start playing together until Destiny days, uh, we were all part of the same Halo community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it it I couldn't help but be a little bit excited a little you know sort of have some anticipation about whatever this new halo venture is going to be i think we all three kind of agree that um 343 industries who's the microsoft studio that took over halo when bungie split off and became independent independent again um when 343 took over halo they kind of took it in a weird direction and yeah uh, for at least the some of the long long term long time fans, um, uh, we're not exactly on board with what three four three is doing, and so everything we've seen up to this point before today uh, is suggesting. And, and three four three has even gone, I think, as far as just directly saying, like we're going back to the roots, we're going back to sort of yeah. the source, and we're gonna get rid of some of the ridiculous things that we've added into the universe <laughs> and uh take our, take our word for this, it they've called this both a soft reboot and a spiritual reboot yeah so um i have thoughts but uh i've been talking so brett uh hit me with hit me with your your reaction to the the halo infinite trailer um i think it looks interesting i think graphically which i'm sure we'll talk about more uh, it's it's in a weird place um because i think it does treat some of the aesthetics uh of the original with some reverie um at the same time it feels like it has gone a step back in terms of realism um and I'm not necessarily against that. I just wasn't expecting it. And so yeah. I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my mind around like, okay, what are the reasons for this? Because it's nothing that they've directly called out and talked about. Um, so I, I, you know, 
pure speculation to actually comment on that outside of just how I feel about it. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, I, this is looking more and more like an open world halo, uh, which is different. Um, and I'm okay with that as long as it doesn't get too chory, you know, destiny esque, uh, (laughs) Because I can only have so many uh, games as a service, open world ventures in my life at one time. <laughs> and uh, but that said, um, Chief looks great. I think most of the guns, uh, the weaponry that's there, um, they showed a lot of new stuff that I thought looked interesting. Uh, movement mechanics are all still kind of, and it looks like an evolution off of Halo Five. Um, versus just straight up removing them from Halo, um, which I'm fine with. I really enjoyed the movement mechanics in 5. Um, and the music uh, is actually being done by the same guy who did Ori and the Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps. Uh, Gareth Coker, I believe, is his name. And I thought his music sounded great. So there are my real quick thoughts. Nice. It's a good, uh, good summary. Mine's going to be I've longer some, winded than that. I've had some time <laughs> to think about. Well, and I know I will get to comment on your on your. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll all yeah. get to. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be some banter. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. How about you, Timothy? Uh, yeah, I'm. So I'm excited about the idea of it. Uh, I, I ever since you know even the first Halo gameplay trailer, the original one, which we didn't even know if it was a first person shooter when the first gameplay trailer came out, neither did Bungie um, as it turns out. Ex- exactly. Uh, in fact, no one did my mind re- immediately thought that it was actually more like what this looks like mm. that we were kind of wandering around this alien artifact completing missions. Like you would go to a base and you would complete a mission. It would have been a nice touch if they had like walked out of a map room to start the demo. Ooh. Yeah, that would know? be cool. Yeah. That okay. Real cool. Sorry. Just yeah. Your thought. So I'm 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 very excited about that. And I actually I I like the idea that we do have some evolution on the weapons. Uh we basically we only recognized really two of the weapons as just straight from previous Halo games, which were mm-hmm. the assault rifle and the Magnum. Every other gun in the game that they showed was a brand new gun. Even if it was a version of a of a gun we're familiar with, it was there was, it some was Covenant something new. Things weren't there, like the uh, yeah, the well, the plasma pistol was in there. Yeah, did uh, he did he ever pick up a plasma pistol? No, not no, the no, pistol. No. So he, that's true. He didn't use it. He picked uh, yeah, up I'm the, uh, about the ones he picked one up. That shoots the blue. Uh, the it, it looked like a version of the plasma repeater. Thank you, but, from, it, was, but it was actually Halo a, Reach tri shot carbine it's it was something like that it or burst yeah, it fire looked, carbine yeah correct um, it looks it looked like the repeater but it acted more like uh a, the car, a carbine yeah. yeah okay well and, and that's what it was called if you, you can see oh. it when he picks it up but well, it's I, like I the burst fire or tri fire carbine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so yeah i actually really like that because i feel like uh at least for a single player campaign especially with something that we have as much nostalgia at with something like halo. We get the idea that there's only like a handful of guns, but that was more about the limitations of the game at the time. 
you know, it's not like they limited it to that number of guns because they thought that was the perfect number of guns. It was just... Well, and, and every Halo since, even the Bungie Halos, added added weapons right. and weaponry to it. So so I'd actually really like if, because of this open world structure, if there was just a huge variety of guns, as long as they're not... We're not talking like Destiny <laughs> I was variety, say, where your upper, every upper single limit? <laughs> one is different. But, you know, like having two dozen guns would be really fun mm-hmm. there that might even be too low i don't know how many were in reach you know more than that um i think that'd be really fun the the only things i was more worried about oh and i actually really liked the movement stuff yeah. like uh five i thought a lot of it felt not halo like uh the abilities felt like they were trying to shove another ga- game in it and mm. looking at this, I thought I thought the grapple felt a lot more like a Halo ability. Like it felt like something that Bungie would come up with. Not these like, you know, it, it felt more meaty, I guess is what it is. Because that's the thing with Halo that I think of is like everything feels kind of meaty. And a grappling hook that's off your arm feels more meaty than just having an ability that lets you double jump or, <laughs> mm. you know what I mean? Anyway, but yeah, the the only things I didn't really like, I'm not crazy about the style. I don't think cartoonish is quite the right word for it, but it felt like almost like they were taking the original Halo and then like stylizing the better graphics of this to make it look like Halo 1 instead of starting from Halo 1 and then making it look better, if that makes Mm. sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so it almost feels like... uh, like a parody of it instead of an improvement on it and everything wasn't quite right like the shields weren't transparent enough and stuff like that it felt it felt a little flat at times i almost kind of think it looked um almost like complex cell shaded does that make sense like yeah it's not a simple cell shading but like things are high fidelity but they're they're still kind of yeah, they felt flat almost. Art- artificially, artificially low res. Or yeah. not low res, but you know what I mean. Low quality. <laughs> not very dynamic in terms of like how light interacts with the source. And I don't yeah. know if that's just the build of it. There were some screenshots from the accompanying trailer that played after. Um, and if you look at, you know, kind of some of those things that were pulled, like there's a picture of the not mauler i don't remember what they called that one the nail gun the, the shotgun pistol <laughs> yeah the, the shotgun pistol that thing. was more like a pistol in this one yeah. yeah yeah um for so the still taken from the trailer versus compared to the the demo stream looked night and day different yeah um, yeah but then did you see I mean, somebody else had posted some pictures of of from the same like same comparison but later in the in the um the trailer bit and it looks basically the same. It's mm, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's like well, no, it's like how I, I, yeah. It may not be well. The, even those clips may not be coming from the same build. Build or I mean, I don't. Michael, you have you know more knowledge of how a trailer gets built than I do, but I also can assume that you can pull footage from wherever and intermix them with different builds and stuff like that. So. Uh, is Timothy? Uh, do you have more thoughts, yeah, Timothy? Yeah, the, no, that was, that was pretty much all I had to cover. Okay, uh, let's cover the good stuff first. 
<laughs> Make it a compliment. A nice 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the, um, the animation, the sort of physical presence in, in the world, how the enemies react, that feels very halo. Like if, if you're mm-hmm. ignoring the other issues that we're going to talk about, um, the the silhouette of the enemies you know you elites instantly recognizable um they move the way that you would expect them to move after all these halo games um so i was super into that um i do appreciate the fact that we are getting away from the like ridiculously over the top complicated armor design <laughs> monstrosities yep. like it was like yes. fractal uh i don't like procedural fractal geometry generation that they were using to to make the armor from halo 4 and halo 5 like it, it was just so over the top crazy that uh they are severely pulling that back maybe a little too much um so i do appreciate that and it does feel more grounded in the, you know, the Halo universe that I am familiar with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That said, uh, you guys both had really good points. Um, so I don't even know where to start with this, really. Uh, the audio, like 343's audio, whatever they're doing. I think, Timothy, you mentioned this in the chat. Oh, um, I hate it. It is terrible. I, 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 I forgot to mention <laughs> it, but I absolutely hate three four three's audio decisions i don't know like they've got like different speakers or something than i'm listening to with my <laughs> headphones because it stuff does not feel as impactful as it should it doesn't feel grounded in any kind of reality it's it's like arcade audio what um, the, the weird really weird thing about it is it all comes off of i think it was halo 4 it might have been halo 5 they like released a vidoc that was like Oh hey, like we are redoing all the sounds, and we're using real gun sounds, mm-hmm. and they like show all these people on a range, and then you hear it in the game, and you're like, "That's what you got out of a gun range? It doesn't yeah. sound like a gun." <laughs> we went there; it all sounded too real, so we just started banging some pans together. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how they got to where they are, but I do not agree with the audio design direction that 343 has done for the last few games and i was really hoping that this would be something different <laughs> and it's not yeah the, literally uh, the I'm, first I'm bullet they fired i was disappointed <laughs> i was yeah. very surprised that uh about that not changing um considering how much they have changed based on feedback over yeah. the past five six years so so and then so also, uh, getting to the point where I said, you know, I was surprised that Halo showed first. Um, imagine this exact same trailer after you had seen a whole list of next generation titles of varying graphical fidelity and quality, right? And then they show the Halo trailer. Um, I feel like it would have been even more disappointing. Uh, yeah. Because it, mm. what they, to me, what I saw on screen, and this is this is a little difficult. We were watching on a stream, um, you know, that was about a 10 megabit video stream um, at 1080p. So there's a lot of compression artifacts and such. Hang on one second. 
sorry my uh the pipes in my house are making all sorts of noise is is it picking up can you guys hear it i nope. can't hear it okay i'm hoping that the uh, recording is not gonna be something i have to dig through so uh anyway i'll edit this <clears throat> um oh so i was saying that uh like if if this came at the end after seeing all these high fidelity games like i feel like this would have been more jarring uh mm, the mm -hmm. the halo I, I don't know what's going on a part of this was probably lost in the compression of the video stream but we did see a separately uploaded you know 4k um YouTube. version of of this on from youtube but their 4k files are actually pretty good and it wasn't much better um to to me this feels it i'm having a hard time reconciling this because i want to believe that 343 is doing a better job than what we saw today but there's just very little graphical fidelity so um texture there's basically no texture in the game it's you have these and this gets to what brett was talking about with looking like cell shading like complex cells cell shading um you have you have simple geometry and it is flatly colored and there's not a lot of read on you know what is metal what is what is skin what is you know grass on the ground it all kind of looks like it's the same material reflective. yeah it all looks like it's made out of the same <laughs> plastic material and it well, what's weird to me is I, th I think the reason it's it happened is because they're going back to halo one as like the place to start from and i think they should have gone back to halo three like halo even, three was but, still a non-controversially loved halo game and like starting from that graphic place would have made a lot more sense because there was a lot more graphical complexity and right. i feel like they didn't and they just went all the way back to halo one and started from that right so this this kind of gets to a point i was going to make in that uh with halo one when you start at halo one that is the oldest game and it has the least graphical fidelity um i will say halo one has more texture though and and um difference in materials than what we saw in this trailer like hard hard stop like go back look at halo one i f i think you'd be uh, i don't know it, to me i feel like metal looks like metal and you know ground is oh, ground yeah. and, it, I, and there's I, less there are fewer polygons you know like it's lower resolution but the quality of of what's being drawn on the pixels is better um hmm. And the X, the original Xbox famously had some really bizarre things about the architecture that Bungie was able to, to utilize and leverage. And they got some really cool lighting effects, you know, like, uh, and, and reflections and like looking at the sun in the sky. You remember how you'd walk past the trees and you get that awesome light bloom thing. Even the remakes of Halo, like they've never done that the same way. Like all the, all the future platforms, like it has never panned out the same way and never looked that good. Yeah. Um, oh, don't, yeah. Don't get me started on Halo. Uh, <laughs> but see your remake. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, um, but if you go back to Halo one, there was an art style. Halo two was a progression of it and it made it, you know, it took the Halo universe, made it grittier, made it a little bit, you know, sort of anchored in the real world. And yeah. Halo three did it again. Halo reach did it again. And so each yeah. evolution of Halo has always like brought the game closer to a reality and 
more grunge, more just war torn, you know, like texture and grit. And it, it feels like a world that would be lived in. And to your point, like they, they hit rewind and they just kept going and and they should have stopped somewhere else and said this. I I agree. Halo three would have been ideal. Um, Like I, I personally, I would say Halo reach, but I understand that there's a lot of controversy in Halo reach. Uh, as yeah, far as people I, that like it and people that don't. And so. I wouldn't. I liked Halo Reach for what it was, but it had a much more bleak color palette. And I feel like it was a little... I don't I don't think you remember Halo Reach very well. Halo Reach had a much brighter color palette than Halo 3. Really? Like, the yeah, the Elite's armor was much brighter. Uh, like, there was bleak things about the designs, like the the elites you know were scarier had more things tend to be things tend to have like things like armor when like when you think about armor it was more colorful as at its base but it it had more texture it was scuffed up and so it had a range of oh like this looks used and worn um but it but it was still it was they still popped for sure and especially when you're talking about the covenant because most of those didn't have that kind of uh, wear and tear yeah. on their designs. Yeah, and I think maybe what's throwing me off is, you know, Halo Reach was on the planet Reach, and so you have some urban, you have a lot of an urban right. environment. Mm-hmm. And right. Right, the Halo sure. games are all about being in the, like, you know, jungle overgrown ancient environments. And so it, maybe it's more of an environment issue uh, that I'm thinking of, but... Could be. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think, though, that 343 should have gone back to Halo 1. And so we are literally going to recreate this look at yeah. 4K HDR because I, I don't think that's the target that they want to hit. No. And on top, so this is this is the confusing thing to me. We are July, August, September, October, November, December. We are five to six months out from ship on this game. And... uh the trailer that we saw today, like there were some pretty substantial technical issues with, with what was shown on screen to the point where like, if you're going to be showcasing your, like the crown jewels of the Xbox, you know, franchise, uh, it's got to look better than this. Um, there were all sorts of texture popping issues. You had depth of feel or a level of detail, um, culling problems where like grass right in front of the camera would disappear because you moved a little bit closer to it. And so like it just pop disappeared off the frame. And so you had that kind of weird thing. There was um, geometry in the distance would just sort of pop in and dissolve in very visibly in the camera. There was um, the scene where they're going, there's they're going up an elevator and they're looking out at this big expanse. And the whole point of that shot is to show you how big the environment is and how cool it is. And there were massive, massive uh, level of detail popping issues while they're going up the elevator. And if you have those problems, find something else to showcase the game because, like, this is, like, one of their very major franchises. And, and, like, why show it? halfway and if you are going to show it halfway put a disclaimer at the front like this is in development you know this is the build from april that was going to be used for e3 whatever like if if you put that up front i think a lot of people would understand but they said nothing about that and so i i I think that's a weird part about 
game trailers in general nowadays is we're well past the time that anybody thinks that this is the final build you know like back when we were when we were younger twitter, and gaming there are was plenty younger. of people on twitter who would disagree with you <laughs> <laughs> right but but i'm saying like when when we were younger and gaming was younger they they literally like hid stuff from us all the time and you oh, would yeah, yeah, never yeah. hear about it because they wouldn't talk about it like nobody would be asking them about it nowadays you can talk about it in an article and you can talk about it on twitter why not just be up front and be like hey this is from our april 2020 build or yeah you know i I, honestly like for the people that are going to be for most of the people that are going to be hypercritical of it they're going to go oh okay so this is from a build that's six months old so yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna at least hope that it's gonna look better when the final thing comes out yeah Mm -hmm. but you know we're we're getting to the point where they need to start being in polish mode like soon well and they probably are but, I would guess they probably are. But if they are, why not record this with uh, you know, a more current build? And if this is the most current build, that's concerning because it is like not in a state where it looks impressive. Um I, I mean this is where me. the argument always comes down to though, is how long ago did they break this build off and decide to use this build to show this gameplay demo? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because who knows? And that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was back from, you know, I think if if this was intended for E3 originally, then April would probably be a pretty solid target. Maybe March. Um, Yeah. And if that's the case, then I feel like they should say something about that. Because and acknowledge, like, say, yeah, we know there are warts on this thing. (laughs) Wart, wart, wart. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to. Um, But... We want to show you what we're working on it and we're excited about it. And if they acknowledge it up front, then it says to us, they know it's there and they <laughs> know that they need to fix it and they know it's going to look better than this. But instead, what we got was, look at this awesome new game. Isn't this amazing? We have so much processing power. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I and- think my other uh, criticism would be that this demo did not necessarily like show to me why xbox series x is amazing mm-hmm. yeah right like and i know that this is a cross-generation game it's intended <clears throat> intended to be played on you know the xbox uh one x or xbox one for that matter um as well but i didn't there wasn't ever a point in the trailer where i was like blown away that this is what next generation can do for for gaming and to follow up on that, I didn't feel like the trailer at the end really left me with any more excitement either. Yeah. Like, I really wanted there to be a banger trailer where we saw, I don't know, let's show Chief going up against a banished vehicle or something like that. Um, you know, something to really get the the blood flowing uh, honestly it mostly felt like a rehash the trailer yeah oh yeah 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 no it was like okay we're gonna pull out little bits from the demo and we're gonna put it in the trailer um, and it, which... and it, it wasn't exactly they had some new parts but it was yeah it wasn't anything new like even right. if it was different parts it didn't show anything that we didn't see in the, the in the gameplay there the lack of vehicles is what amazed me in this yeah. because we know for a fact they're pulling 
a lot of things from Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2 in. Even on the front cover of the box art, they have uh, like a crashed Sparrowhawk. Like, why not embrace that for your marketing to to get a little more action in there other than the grapple? The grapple seems to be the thing that they're like hinging their excitement on. And I'm sorry, yeah. like the, the grapple's cool, but it's not, that's not the thing that's going to make especially Halo Infinite. With, <laughs> especially so. with games nowadays. It, like, right. It's like, okay, I like it. I'll admit the grapple's cool, but it wasn't something where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. You that's see a, that all the freaking time. in my Halo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. we should uh, we should talk about other games though. Were there other games? Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, I just want to make one more complaint. Uh, yeah, go for the, it. The the, no, the last two off. minutes of <laughs> the <laughs> the last two minutes of the trailer was basically just like uh, a bust of the bad guy, who I think who I think <laughs> is the bad guy, monolo- monologuing, monologuing <laughs> with marbles in his mouth. And <laughs> and he's like, I'm retiring after this fight, but you should come at me, bro. The the weird part is, I, I like immediately after watching, I was like, you could have just taken that last line and put that at the end of the trailer, and, and it would have felt like this like exciting punch to the yes. end of the trailer. Yeah. Instead, I'm like, oh, oh, he's still talking. <laughs> Yeah, it was two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was just weird. I, I just, I don't have faith that three four three's got their head completely screwed on tight, and <laughs> I, it just worries me because I, I love the, I, I love Halo, Halo, Halo two, Halo three, ODST, Reach, the, Bun- the Bungie games. I love them, um, but. I, and I, I love the music say, from Halo Four. <laughs> I will say, I think, I think a lot of this criticism for the trailer and the gameplay demo is how spoiled we were by Bungie. Mm-hmm. Bungie is a like you can give all the criticism you want for Bungie about their games if you don't like them, but they are a masterclass at making trailers and gameplay demos. Just they know how to excite you in the briefest trailer or briefest moment from a trailer and i just don't think 343's ever had that that spark yeah so this i mean real quick before we talk about other games like so this leads into something we were going to talk about later but uh there's the you know destiny style trailer versus the uh just like straight gameplay um you know feed video feed yeah and, like two different approaches to to showing off a, a game um curious where you sit on that uh you know i i think personally i i actually prefer the trailer like De- destiny marketing has done such a good job of i'm kind of like getting lukewarm about destiny and then they come out with a trailer and I'm like, yes, that looks awesome. And 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 it's nothing. Like they're not even showing me anything. It it's like these brief glimpses of weapons and powers and environments that just tease you into wanting to see them. Mm-hmm. And it's I, that I've, uh it's it's that Rick and Morty meme, you son of a bitch. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every well, time. Where I feel like uh like gameplay demos, well, they're awesome especially for a new franchise 
I think they're awesome. Uh, like they they don't get me as hyped because there's there's like a moment in every gameplay trailer, no matter how awesome it is, where I kind of like get into a lull of like, okay, I'm watching a gameplay trailer, and I kind of like my excitement level dampens down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think trailers do such a much better job of getting me hyped about a game, and I like it. I would agree. I think that the demos are. I feel like I've found, and and this is more ancillary uh, via, you know, conversations I've had with some of my friends who are really into watching Twitch and game streaming. They like that longer form content. Um, and so I, I'm wondering if it's more of just a marketing thing that's more built for them. Uh, and then they know that they're going to tack on a trailer at the end. Um, well, so whether I, or not it excites us, it, right. we know we're probably not the target market for that particular, uh, aspect of the marketing. Well, and I, I think like, so gameplay demos have definitely have a place for sure, because I like the, I think the greatest example f- for me is actually the cyberpunk 2077 gameplay demo. Mm-hmm the original one that came out that they didn't even show the public until months after the press got to see it because that was necessary. That was you. It was a, it's a brand new franchise and you just don't know what it is. And so them showing you an extended gameplay demo was super important so that you understand what they're trying to make. Yeah. But when you have something like destiny or I think even halo, where we know what the basics of it are. I don't need a gameplay demo. I just need a good, exciting trailer to get me hyped about what the game's going to yeah, be. But there are, there are 10 to 15 year olds who have never picked up a halo game. It's true. And that is definitely a core target market for honestly, any shooter these days. That's not really pushing that M rating. Um, I mean, heck, Halo 5 was rated T for teen, if you can yeah. believe that. <laughs> and that's that's for a reason. Um, so it does not surprise me that, that their, their marketing also reflects that. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think... Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I tend to agree with you guys. I think the trailers, the reason they're they're like... They're more tightly knit, right? You can completely control the pacing and how the music interacts with the visuals. And um, and you can show things on screen for exactly how long you want to show them and kind of move on, let let the imagination run wild, right? Um, so it's a tighter, more compact uh, product. Um, but I, I think you're right, though, especially for, for new games, the gameplay demos, like showing how the thing works can be really important because yeah. a, a number of these games today, I have no idea how they're played. I don't know if they're first person, third person, you know, top down, um, like some of these could go all sorts of ways and, mm-hmm. and without seeing that, um, you don't really know what you're getting into, uh, I will say there are some really excellent gameplay demos though. Um, you know, the the halo two gameplay demo, you know, but you can't stick it. Like that was awesome. But if you go back and watch it, it was kind of like, 
it was a very cinematic experience, right? Like everything was very tightly scripted. And I mean, I mean I'll, I'll be blunt. It was a lie. The whole thing was a oh, lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, like, but and it that's was, not even my opinion. That's like straight from Bungie. It was a total lie. Yeah. I mean, and, and the content that's there isn't in the game, right? Like it's not a yeah. section of the game that's there, but it's, it's a representative view of how the game played. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, any of it was a lie from the, like, these are the things that you can do. And, and these are the, you know, what you, what you build, uh, the vehicles you can drive and the moves that you can do. Like, those are all. I, I think from there the were, there were a few things were that there? were, they're not, they're not huge things, but I, I remember ages ago on the, halo.bungie.org forums people complaining about the things that didn't match up with it and i'm positive there was a couple features that were in that that didn't make into the final game but for the Mm. most part they they landed them okay um i think it was stuff like ai like the stuff ais could do oh yeah yeah Mm. okay i'll i'll give you that yep but uh but yeah and 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 i mean really the the argument for halo 2 whether or not that's a good gameplay demo it's an amazing marketing tool regardless of what you feel about it there's that was maybe the most excited i'd ever been for a game with that gameplay demo but as far as the real problem with it is it was a vertical slice and if you don't know what a vertical slice is people that are listening it's not a build that they take from an existing code level and then polish it for an event it's literally they build the entire thing to show off in a, at an event yeah. and say, this is what we want it to be. But they have absolutely no idea if they're going to pull it off. That's what a game, uh, a vertical slice is. And I personally, and Halo 2 is probably one of the ones that lends to this. I hate vertical slices because they're such, <laughs> they're just so annoying that when I watch a gameplay demo now, I have no idea if they're showing me the real Something thing that's or gonna not. be in the final game or yeah. if it's a vertical it's like, slice yeah it's it's really more more or less like here's a really polished proof of concept yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and um, there's been some famously like it has hurt games pretty badly because they've they've done this so ba- badly like uh i mean halo 2 actually had some pretty bad feedback because of it because the graphics took a pretty major hit from the from the uh halo 2 gameplay demo yeah and then watchdogs watchdogs like took a huge graphical hit there was a bunch of features he couldn't do it was it, it was a huge mess and and i could go on and on there's dozens of these but uh yeah i it's i i much prefer and we talked we talked about it earlier the halo 3 and halo reach gameplay demos where it was this is literally a level in the game that we finished earlier let's play that it's going to be in the game and yeah. they didn't say that but after a while you started realizing oh that's what they're doing if they show something it's going to be in the game yeah yeah definitely important to have a uh, truth in advertising yes yeah okay other games other games sorry uh um, Let's see here. State of Decay, I'm going to mention State of Decay 3 just because yeah, that's one do. that... So I I never really got into the State of Decay 
franchise, but that's one of those games that was very early on on Xbox Game Pass um, and kind of touted as one that like people didn't buy a lot, but it seemed to get a good following on Game Pass, and yeah. obviously it got a, a, enough of a of a player base to to stick it out and get a sequel, um, a third one in the trilogy. So good for them. I think that's awesome. Um, just a success story for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, yeah. zom- I, I, zombie I, horror yes. hunter. Uh, not, not, not really horror. No, not honestly. Horror. Okay. It's, it's more. It's more of like a uh, like a build your base survival game. Yeah. Build a community. Yeah. I think that's a good to, thing to call it. It's a survival game with zombies. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, cooper- and cooperative. Yeah. Um, I knew nothing about it. And so when like the zombie deer showed up, I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, not they, they expecting su- that. They had a surprisingly creepy trailer because mm-hmm. I've played both of them. Not a lot. I tried them both. Um, and they're not at all scary. Like not, not even the least bit scary. So... Uh, yeah, but I, I had the exact same th- thought, Brett. The fact that they're making a third one, if it, whether it's true or not, you know, they could just be doing it to to show that Game Pass is viable. But it to me, it felt like them saying, this is a game that pretty much was only on Game Pass. Very few mm-hmm. people actually bought it. And it was successful enough and pushed enough Game Pass that we're going to make a third one, which is awesome. Uh, there's another game... That did that as well. That isn't getting a sequel, but its development team is working on a new game that was announced or shown off uh, today. And that that game that succeeded was Sea of Thieves. Yeah, that was a game that everyone kind of dismissed off the bat. It's been what two and a half, three years since that came out, and everybody mm-hmm. said um, it wasn't worth sixty bucks. Everyone said it wasn't worth sixty bucks. They had announced just this last week that over the course of its lifetime, you know, they've had 15 million players. Which is pretty impressive. I was say, that sounds, that sounds even like a for a free-to-play game. Yeah, That's that's an incredible amount. Obviously, they, you know, you have players like me who haven't actually played in a year. But, but still, um, I'm just going to say that leads us into the next game that i'd like to talk about which is everwild so a, a this is a game r- by rare rare yeah of perfect dark uh mm-hmm. um golden eye fame yep. yeah they have a, a quite a long history actually uh with very some, long yeah uh, in the gaming industry but but yeah th- th- we didn't learn a lot about the game um it was more of a teaser trailer atmospheric uh, showing off what I assume are probably its graphics, um, which I thought was very pretty. The I, I like the trailer overall. Now this um, was complex cell shaded. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> On purpose. Yes. <laughs> Intentionally, <laughs> and it looks great. It looks. I thought. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It, it's very nice art style. It, it had great music and and a good script that kind of you know talked about rhythm and movement and nature and music and and it it just seems it's nice in a 
world where we get lots of, and we will see this with most of the other games in here, <laughs> where it's shoot 'em up and violence-based games to get a game that uh, is not like that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's not like using magic and like uh, being in uh, in the in the wild, right? Like, yeah, uh, discovering that connection of magic and nature. It looks like to. I mean, yeah. At one point, it almost seems like you heal an animal. It's um, uh the uh this is the problem though with not showing gameplay, right? Like we got this right, cool trailer, right. and we have no idea how this game plays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, we don't even know if it's first or third person. Yeah, it sort of looked like it was going to be third person. Like I, I could yeah. be totally wrong, but there was a, I don't recall seeing any first person perspective. Right, but uh, but think. we also didn't see any like. That's true. Perspectives that, of a player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I'm definitely curious about it. I mean, Rare has, uh, yeah, like you said, quite the name in the industry, and like they're as old as me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not an exaggeration. Yep, they were, were founded in 1985. Wow, I didn't realize they were that old. Timothy established 1985. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, when they come out with a new franchise, it's definitely worth a look. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm. I'm curious about this one. I'd like to at least dip my toes in and play it, try it, see see what it's going to be like. Um, hopefully, the gameplay loop is compelling, and mm-hmm. you know, um, gets you to yeah, come then, back. And then they had. Uh... They had a couple of Obsidian games, which I really liked Outer Worlds. Uh, it, it wasn't an amazing experience, but it was fun. And then they had uh, then Hellblade 2, which I think most of us uh, that were in a chat together were disappointed because they really didn't show any anything new. They've name we were, dropped it. We were yeah. yeah, we were disappointed that we didn't see more is, is more more or less the. <laughs> yeah, we were disappointed in what was shown, not in Hellblade 2. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or what wasn't shown, rather. Yeah. What wasn't shown. I do think it's uh, the, uh, they did talk a little bit about, and I didn't watch the video over on, um, I didn't either, on their YouTube page, but they talked about how the new setting is in Iceland. And so I nice. can't imagine how gorgeous that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous. That's, that's what it will be. Yeah. 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 Um, so is it just me or like, are there more zombie games, horror games than there used to be? Like, is this a, <laughs> I th- I think you'd be surprised that there's pretty much always been zombie games. Okay. It's like, it's just such not my market. I don't really pay attention yeah. to it, but man, they are getting some serious screen time. I, I, and actually, interestingly enough, if you go back, a lot of the zombie games come out as kind of like the beginning of a platform i feel like they're they're like easier to sell games when there's not a lot of games to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to sell uh but yeah stalker 2 i'm not even sure i i never played stalker 1 but it's it is definitely like horror based i think the first one was based in chernobyl i'm guessing this one probably is too and uh it's actually like a pretty famous game it was like one of the first open world first person games uh 
it influenced a lot of games. It influenced the Metro games, had some influences even on the Fallout uh, games. So I I'm, I'm, I'm was kind of shocked that Stalker 2 got announced since Stalker 1 is pretty old. I, it's at least 20 years old. So to get a Stalker 2 all of a sudden was pretty surprising. Yeah, uh, 2007 was when the first Stalker came out. So 13 years later, wow, they're coming out with a Stalker too. So I I don't know if I'm going to play it. I haven't. I don't know how hard it leans on the horror. And I, as we've talked about on here before, none of us are huge horror fans. I think Last of Us is about the level of horror that any any of us play. <laughs> I don't even think that's. Mm. I wouldn't even classify that as horror. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's got horror elements though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't King. consider, okay, all right. I don't consider the Bioshock <laughs> games, horror games, but a lot of people do. So oh, do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I, I, I have friends that won't play it cause it's too much horror for them. So, okay. All right. Um, speaking of horror. So there was this game that I am absolutely 100% not playing <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, but it had a really interesting mechanic that they showed us. It's called, it was called the medium. And the mechanic is that your character exists is, is like walking through an environment and it's sort of unclear. Like if you're going to see it in split screen or if you see it like by hitting a button or I don't know how this works, but basically really say, I don't think, yeah, your character has, um, will straddle the line between, reality and like a nightmare realm basically a version of of an environment and she solves puzzles i think Um, yeah i would i would assume just from the name that it's it's probably like you're you're communicating with another side yeah and so right and so like uh they were showing where you you go through an environment and your character is doing the exact same thing but in one scene you know you're looking at I don't something super creepy, and then you flip back, and, and, and in the uh, the normal world version of the scene, your character is just looking at a wall and like holding like, their arm up, and yeah. um, and so you you are in both environments at the same time, and somehow you can switch between them, and that's sort of part of the mechanic of the game. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, it seems like maybe there could be some cool puzzle elements with that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just too bad. It's horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me something a little lighter and I'd be totally into it. Um, I guess it also comes down to, you know, how the actual mechanics of it play out, because even if you have this really cool idea, if it's, if you have to fumble around at all, um, like th- I feel like they'd have to put a lot of work into reducing all the friction so that it's just a really smooth experience. Yeah. And there's been a few games that have done similar things. Uh, I can't, I can't remember what game it was, but there's, there was an entire game that you basically flipped between two different times. And so that was how you solved a bunch of stuff. And then, uh, and that was an entire game that did that. I, I mean, you might as well just take that example out cause I can't remember the name of it, but uh, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> uh, one of the examples would be Titanfall two where they had a level where you put on the device and you basically time traveled from the present where this building is dilapidated and destroyed to a time when it was not destroyed. And so you could like 
go through doors in the dilapidated version because the door was destroyed, or you would go through a, a door that had been overgrown in the present, you could get through it in mm. the past. And so you'd have to flip back and forth. And it wasn't really puzzles, but it it made it really fun because mm-hmm. you you went between fighting like the prowlers from uh from apex that you're familiar with bjorn or uh michael and uh (laughs) and between fighting soldiers in in the past so it's a really cool little mechanic and it seems like the entire game for this is based on that which is cool yeah and then i think the aside from uh, the big one we i think we want to talk about for a bit I was interested in Crossfire uh, just because Remedy is making the campaign for it, which Crossfire in China is a big multiplayer first-person shooter that they're bringing to the United States uh, exclusively to Xbox, I believe. And Remedy is going to make a campaign for it when it comes to the U.S. And I'm I'm a big fan of Remedy that made Alan Wake and control and uh oh man blanking on the third franchise but i like i've liked all their games i've played they're super fun so i'm really curious how to they're gonna pull off a what looked like a pretty call of duty style campaign yeah it uh call of duty style campaign i like that yeah that's kind of what it looks like um it seems like it's not the kind of game that I've played from them because I'm only really familiar with Control and uh, Alan Wake. Like, yeah. So th- yeah. this feels like a very strong divergence from their normal fare. So uh, curious how that's going to land. You know, like what will they bring from their previous experience to a first-person environment that we're not expecting? And the, and the trailer kind of showed like you had some kind of special suit or something. So I'm hoping right, yep, that they bring their remedy, uh, magic powers that feel fun, even yeah. if they're not magic in, <laughs> in this game. Yeah, yeah. Quantum Break. That's the other game that uh, I was blanking on. So Brett, you want to talk about kind of the last game? Sure. So they, they had a one more thing. <laughs> They, yeah, exactly. they did. They did. They well, and they prefaced the one more thing by saying, "We have more things at a later date, but for today, we have one more thing." And uh, so we finally got the uh, confirmation of the worst kept secret in British history, <laughs> which is <laughs> uh, Double Fine is making a new Fable game. Um, what I'm assuming is probably a proper reboot um, for the franchise. Yeah, since they didn't put a number on it. Yeah, it was just called Fable. I mean, again, how much of this is we're making a Fable game and this is what it is. It's Fable. Um, they could totally have a, um, you know, a, a semicolon. And or a, a subtitle. Or a subtitle or something, yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, it it captured the uh, the classic Fable magic and humor. <laughs> so I never played yeah. Fable. Um, it's something I've always been familiar with. It, it was, if I 
correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it was a Xbox, like original Xbox launch title or like soon thereafter. I don't, I don't know how launch it was, but it, it was a, an exclusive. Like it was one yeah. of the one of the big Xbox exclusive games when it came out. Oh, it didn't come out to 2004. Okay. So uh, it was, yeah, it's not quite as old as I thought it was. Which kind of like with everything on this on this uh, list, it's no longer an Xbox exclusive at all because it's going to come out on Windows too. But right, but uh, it's Xbox exclusive in that you can only play it on a Microsoft platform. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, you guys should explain this, I guess more than me. Um, but this is like the Fable series is a, the kind of game where you're you have a role-playing game and the decisions that you make in the game affect the outcome yeah. or like how other people treat you. Um, fable isn't, it's not completely true, but most people consider fable the origin of the morality system from video games where you're choosing yeah. a good decision versus a bad decision. Okay. Yeah. The first game I played that had that kind of thing was, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic where you could go light or dark with the force mm-hmm. but uh yeah no f- yeah fable fables seemed to do it in uh it, it was just i think it was a little more i think Knights of the Old Republic is very uh, a very much a gamer's game right um as it, it may be mainstream to hardcore gamers but fable was approachable uh for like i think just a wider swath Mm. of young gamers at the time okay and and it had that like youthful fun energy and so that's why i think probably people associate um certain people certain groups of people might associate that more with that morality thing more with fable than like kotor because I, I think actually games before I think actually Knights of the Old Republic precedes Fable by like a year, so so most people not most people but a lot of people consider Knights of the Old Republic the origin of that, uh, but a lot of people didn't play the original Knights of the Old Republic, and right. a lot of people played Fable, which was a much like Brett's saying it's almost like an arcadey more arcadey experience like you can pick it's it up so, and play it for an hour it's yeah and it's so campy and just goofy and fun and weird like it's weird and and i think it has like this (laughs) just this this perfect british humor to it uh that um is maybe stereotyped now by like american writers uh but when it's done properly it's just so good yeah well, I hope the new one's fun. Uh, I liked the 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 humor, <laughs> the uh, what, how do you what do you, what do you call it? Um, irreverent humor. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. was uh, a nice little touch. I I wasn't expecting it, not knowing the tone of the game. Um, so like you're flying through this beautiful environment, and you're following this fairy and. Uh, it's like oh it's like this you know nice fantasy land and everything's all pretty and then and then she gets eaten by a frog it's like did not <laughs> see that coming <laughs> well, what's what's interesting is this 
like a lot of people are like, oh, it's finally returning. But Fable Legends was not that long ago. <laughs> but yeah, I I think a lot of people skipped out on Legends. I know well, I did. it didn't even it didn't even come out. It got canceled. Oh, but that's right, it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. But it's just funny that people are like, oh, it's finally coming back. I'm like, Fable Legends. It was less than five years ago that it got canceled. So it it's it's it doesn't seem like a well that was in the wake of like evolve and those things right because yeah. it was a it was more of a yeah it was dungeon crawl 4v1 5v1 yeah. type of thing and after after it was quickly discovered that that kind of game did not hold audience for very long yeah. so uh yeah that got that got scrapped yeah all in all, I think it was a pretty decent showing. They showed a lot of games. Um, I don't plan on playing most of them. Yep. But there are definitely a few in here that uh, you know speak to me. I was a little surprised about the Tetris thing. Like we're showing off like new, you know, <laughs> like we're talking about new hardware and like the next generation, and then like Tetris. Well, te- Tetris Effect was was a a very well a very successful game. And I think that's why they included it in here. So, Wildly yeah. popular for some reason. I never understood it. But yeah. 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 Exactly. Which, Which I don't even think Tetris Effect came out on Xbox. I think it was a PlayStation exclusive. So I think that might have been another reason they showed it here to be like, hey, look, it's not just a PlayStation game. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Pretty good show. Um, I guess we're going to get another one here before long <laughs> some unannounced time in the future <laughs> still no price tag i was i was hoping and still no confirmation on having a uh digital only version of the xbox series x yeah so this is the the weirdest game of chicken that i've ever seen two companies <laughs> play it is so bizarre it unless one of them breaks first i would say we're going to get prices in September. That's just, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it just seems like, cause, that seems cause the so rumor, late. the rumor for, I think both of them is the release dates are in November. So they, mm-hmm. the latest they could possibly come out with a price, I think would be September. Yeah. I mean, there's like major supply chain to think about as far as getting these things out there and, you know, people need prices and, yeah. Anyway, um, moving on, uh, I have some follow up on the last episode. Uh, last time we talked about uh, my external capture device that I was really excited about to capture a 4K HDR video, 60 frames per second. Um, in, yeah, your little your little Elgato. Yeah, the Elgato 4K 60s plus. Um. I'll uh, have to find a sad trombone sound effect. <laughs> um, yeah, I returned it. So <laughs> that, bad, I, huh? that bad. I It would not work. So I uh, hooked it up to my system, hooked it up to my TV, Xbox, did all sorts of... I, un, I got to the point where I unplugged my very complicated and annoying cabling setup so that it was literally Xbox into the capture box from there 
to the television, like nothing in between just that. And, uh, still didn't work. So I went hunting around online and found some other people complaining about it. Apparently uh, people have had this thing for a couple of months. Like Elgato has been having manufacturing problems due to, to COVID. And so, uh, did you just call it the COVID? <laughs> I, I know I'm not on purpose. I was going to say the <laughs> coronavirus, and then I, I changed it halfway through. Gotcha. I no, I I apologize you did, if I said but you that. Didn't mean to. <laughs> did not mean to. Um, yeah, I had to replay that in my head and go. Oh, maybe I did. Um, anyway, Elgato's been having manufacturing problems due to coronavirus, and so they've been very slowly trickling these units out and occasionally people will get them as they come in stock and they plug it into their systems and have problems. And so fortunately kind of ish, you know, by the time that I was able to get my device in hand, uh, other people have already had this problem. They've been communicating with Elgato. Elgato support knows about the problem and, uh, they had some firmware updates that you could try. And so I thought, Oh, surely like that's going to fix the problem. And they said, and this doesn't make any sense to me, but apparently there was a problem with how the device communicates with LG OLED televisions. Oh yeah. I'm thinking that's fun. It's just HDMI. Like what are you possibly doing with your stream that like, this just makes no sense. Like this is it the communication, everything is all standardized. Like if you're an HDMI device, you got to speak the language. How is this difficult? And, and how did you not check OLED panels? Like the (laughs) main leading manufacturer of OLED panels didn't get in your test suite. Like, I don't get that anyway. Installed the, uh, firmware update, crossed my fingers, booted it back up and exact same problem. (laughs) (laughs) and uh i sort of looked around and saw that you know people had been waiting two three months for like these firmware patches before they were ready and uh i can't i sort of sent elgato a note and they're like oh well if you can give us some more details like blah 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 and i said you know what no i'm done like this device does not work the way it should and uh it is insufficiently advanced so i'm sending it back (laughs) um so i'm really disappointed because i was looking forward to being able to do those captures but um not today not today with the popularity of this podcast that's going to be like a new return option when you return (laughs) an item it's going to be insufficiently advanced advanced. (laughs) yes uh so yeah that was too bad that's sad yeah and then, uh, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I just to to riff on your your uh, sad story of four K things. Um, we were all three of us were raiding this week. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I'm glad you talk about this. And uh, for whatever reason, my Xbox One X could not handle, <laughs> or there was a bug or something. It's a bug uh, where it, it crashed my game when we were in in the freaking damage phase of the oh, final boss, and it wasn't even just your game that crashed. Oh no, 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 no it no. wasn't my game that crashed. My Xbox just turned itself off. Yep. <laughs> well, and the weirdest Twice. part is, you did this raid like not that long ago, didn't you? Yeah, I think it had to do with our strategy of being 
so close. I, I think it's probably something with the amount that's going on on the screen. Mm. Um, you weren't standing using a, a bunch of gu- guillotines, right? Having six people swinging around. <laughs> so, 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 I don't know. So back this up with the description. Uh, what Brett's talking about is there's a known issue. Uh, I think it is not known how to fix it yet, but there's a known issue where Destiny and some other titles on Xbox, um, when you're running in 4K HDR, and I think, Timothy, am I right that this is mostly focused on games that were not originally coded with HDR, but have been like sort of after the fact have had HDR compatibility added added. to them? Mm. That seems to be the... uh, the th- common thread. Okay. So something to do about that. Um, you can get yourself into a situation where the Xbox just turns itself off. Like, like you just pulled the plug from the wall. And then when you boot it back up, it complains to you and tells you how you're a terrible person for not properly ventilating your <laughs> Xbox. And it reprimands you like horribly. Um, Despite it, the fact that my Xbox is sitting by itself on a shelf, yes, and, and <laughs> nothing if you go, around it, and well, and if you go and touch it, it's not even hot. No, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I had this happen two or three times during the disintegration beta, which uh, I don't think was using HDR. It um, shouldn't have been right. No, uh, but it was definitely 4K. Um, so I had this happen a couple times during disintegration beta, and then. It, so far hasn't happened in the disintegration final game destiny. We, we were raiding the week before and we were doing a different raid and it happened to me. And our solution was to make me not do that portion of the encounter, (laughs) which is like, it was the, um, you know, we were in the, it was the callous fight at the end of the Leviathan raid. Mm -hmm. And I usually go into the void realm, um, and, and do that whole crazy, you know, uh, was it during skulls? Oh no, it was before skulls. It was it was as soon interesting as soon as the void realm starts. So, so uh, you know you have all six team members land in the void realm. Three people you get to choose who. Three people go back to the main realm, and three stay back. And then as soon as that like sequence finished and whatever scripting started to like start the next phase, boom! I shut off twice. And yeah, so pretty weird. Yeah, and so we decided, okay, I can at least get to the point where I can get back home. Okay, so we're going to switch up the roles, and I'll jump out, and I'll just do – I'll swap roles with somebody. And yeah. so, uh, you know, Claude and I swapped places, and it worked fine. Um, we didn't have that luxury with me. No, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, so I, w- I went the old school route of uh, let's just turn off 4K HDR and watch everything in super yeah. sad muted colors. <laughs> Low contrast <laughs> mode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, as soon as you did it, bam, we finished it. It was it great. Worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It was, it was like extra infuriating, though. It's like it, with the history of Destiny raids being so like... <laughs> You, you you pound your head against the wall for so long as a team and you finally figure out all the pieces and everything starts clicking and then the game starts glitching on you, right? Yep. And then you start, then you fight fighting the game glitches and that's just like a whole extra level of hell. So this was just like, this. it just turned it up one more notch. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like we've already had so much trouble with this raid in the past. It, it is, I think one of the more difficult encounters and we finally were hitting a rhythm with this. And I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. This is great. Like it's all coming together. <laughs> and then Brett gets kicked. And I was like, and then it's like, nope. I was like, okay, I guess we're starting over again. So yeah. Uh, once again, destiny rating had the last word, but <laughs> good times we did finish it and we all got our uh sweet uh chair emotes that everyone was happy about yep so uh another so thing we've, we've been going for an hour and a half here mm-hmm. already i know so do we want to do i want to complain wanna... about ios photos and how i can't copy adjustments from one photo well, to the next well, if we're gonna do logan lucky we should just cut straight to Logan Lucky. You no, know, you're right. I'm moving. I'm, I was in the process of moving it. So I'll, I'm going to cut all this out. So, all right. Yeah. You can do the intro for Logan Lucky, Timothy. Okay. So next thing we want to talk about, we, we have our movie night, our by episode movie night. Woo-hoo. So we watched Logan Lucky, which I believe me and Brett had already seen, right? Mm-hmm. And like usual, Michael had not seen. This is this is mostly just a series just to get Michael to watch new movies. Exactly. He's, yeah. He struggles with I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so cauliflower. So I'm a cauliflower. <laughs> so I really Gosh. like Logan Lucky. I'm pretty sure this is my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think we should probably let Michael talk about it first, since he, he hadn't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, so quick, uh, synopsis. So this is assuming that the listener has watched the movie. So we're going to not shy away from spoilers and such. Um, if you haven't watched it, pause the show, go watch the movie. You'll enjoy it. Come back. Then listen. Um, so Logan Lucky is a Steven Soderbergh film who, who I know him mostly from the oceans 11 films yeah uh i don't know if he's directed all those but uh at least the first one all the the original 13 okay yeah Mm -hmm. uh which i loved i i still original oceans 11 is one of the best sort of just like fun i can i can watch it anytime movies whenever it has great characters great scenes great agreed pacing great like everything about it's just awesome it's a very well knit and put together piece of work and I, I find it very enjoyable. So when you guys said this is like ocean, like hillbilly oceans, I was, I thought, well, I can't not watch it, but I have no <laughs> idea where this is going. I think it's really important to point out redneck. So uh, oceans 11, red, very, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, it, yeah, that that's pretty much what it is, and it is a fantastically well done film. Um, we where did I don't know where to start with it. Like uh, the casting, I loved the casting. All the characters are sort of just a little bit larger than life in all the great ways, uh, as kind of like the Ocean's movies were, but but in a very different way. And the environment and sort of the self awareness about. Um, like at, at points it almost felt like it was, uh, I don't know how to describe this. Like 
I'll have to think about that. I'll, we'll come back <laughs> if, if I'm able to like, I'm sort of just generating these thoughts as I, as I'm talking. Um, anyway, the cast, uh, I loved and I, I don't know where really like what next to go to, but, um, you know, maybe we could just like walk through the arc of the story or do you guys want to talk about something else entirely? Or I do have a few questions too, uh, but maybe okay. we save those for after some discussion. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, so I, could, I one of us can cover the plot if you want us to. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Uh, so it's very, it's very similar to ocean, the oceans movies. Uh, that, that was not like a calling it a redneck oceans 11 is not is not just like a loose uh comparison it, it's basically a guy has a, a is down on his luck and so he decides to plan a heist and then most of the movie is you following what you think is the plan for the heist <laughs> and then you're there with the heist happening and then you find out after the heist is complete that you didn't know the full heist and it shows you the things that you didn't know. And then the end result of, of the heist uh, is them succeeding even when you didn't think they were going to succeed. And uh, they, it's basically a guy gets fired from his job uh, at working at the Charlotte motor speedway, which is a NASCAR uh, track. Uh, the, the probably the most, a uh, popular NASCAR track in, in the in, in the United States, and he basically he's like, "Hey, it's basically like a city. So much money runs through there. Let's rob them, and we're going to rob them on a really low key day when they're not busy, so that there's not a lot of security. And then it ends up, of course, they do it. Uh, on, they have to do it the week before because of because of timing problems. Their wi- their window is closing. Their window of opportunity, yep. and so they end up having to do it in Daytona <clears throat> 500, <laughs> the, the biggest, biggest weekend of the year, the biggest week. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, uh, the just the whole plan is basically there's a bunch of tubes that all the money goes through, and they're basically going to. Turn suck, them from suck the money suck out of them or from blow to suck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and suck up all the money and uh the, the I, simplicity of it like when when like when, yeah. when the other shoe drops and they flip the vacuum on it's like oh yep. okay i guess that's how this is gonna go and it and makes really, sense <laughs> the ingenious part of it that you don't really find out the full part of it till the end is they shut down all the computers so that or not all the computers but all the credit card machines so that everybody has to pay cash yep Mm -hmm. and they're getting so much cash because it's daytona 500 that they just stop counting and they're like we'll just count it later yep and and so then they rob the money and then the main character gives back most of a big chunk of the money we don't we don't know if it's most but a huge chunk of it it's a whole literal truckload yeah a literal pickup truck full of money back to him so they as far as they know they got all their money back and then they keep what it, the rest of the money and they have plenty of money we don't even find out how much it's not like oceans 11 where they say right yeah, there's right. no dollar amounts really which makes it attached to makes anything. it more fun it's just trash bags full of cash yeah yeah well and it also it makes it more believable because yeah 
you don't know that nobody on the uh the the side that got robbed knows how much money it is so why would you know how much money it is so yeah right yeah. and 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 the the people pulling off the heists they're not the kind of people who would be like we know exactly how much we're going to get you know yeah. there, there there are no bean counters there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then and then i think the last ingenious part is they also knew that the insurance company would pay him back anyway <laughs> so they basically the, uh, were like the oh speedway. there's yeah, it would the pay speedway back the anyway. speedway anyway. So they yeah. they don't even care. They actually probably came out ahead. So mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's very clever. Uh if you haven't watched it, which you shouldn't have listened to that if you haven't, it's still worth watching because it's got a lot of really clever dialogue, a lot of good twists. It's great. But- so this this dialogue reminds me a little bit of when we were talking about Brick. Mm-hmm. And just kind of that not it Ryan Johnson has a very specific way he writes dialogue and this is not quite there but you have actors like <laughs> uh like Adam Driver and uh, Channing Tatum and uh, who's the sister? Melly? Uh, Melly's? Yeah. Uh, how the cast I can, list I can never remember her name. Riley Coog? Keogh. Riley Keogh. Um, who play off each other so well. Like, they're, like <laughs> they they've do. been a family for years. Uh, one of the things when we, when we, uh, I don't know if it was before we were recording or not, Michael, but you, you mentioned cauliflower. Cauliflower. Like, yeah, yeah, we were recording. Like, that's just... it. What does it mean? Yeah. Does it matter? I don't know, but it but it's impactful in a way that uh, a well, weaker now, script would not have it be. Well, I think impactful. that's where Soderbergh... I, I mean, I don't think he's a writer, but obviously he has influence on it where he he basically uh he he makes sure the dialogue is written in a way that it actually seems real which uh, i mm-hmm. think a lot of movies don't pull off well because people don't talk as much in in real life as they as we think they do and he does that really well where their conversations they know what they're talking about so they don't mm-hmm. talk about everything but they don't leave the audience behind at the same time which is super hard to pull off. Yeah, they don't do exposition dumps, which yeah. is great. And and heist movies often have those out of the necessity of explaining things to the audience. Yep. Um, in particular, the heist. But again, kind of what you were saying earlier with the fact that the heist is only partially revealed to us, um, and then after the fact, it's not explained to us; it's shown. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, we're not told, we're shown what happened. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, very sort of, uh, deftly, like they, they transition into the, the mirror, you know, universe, uh, and showing you the other side in a very clever way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we just talk about Seth MacFarlane's in this movie? 
I, I had to go. I was like, that guy seems so. So the the really annoying NASCAR driver. This is leads into one of the questions I have. Um, Max Chiblain. Uh, he's he's just so over the top. Um, but I was thinking, there's something so familiar about that guy. Like who mm-hmm. who is that actor? And it's Seth MacFarlane. Like completely unrecognizable the first yep. time with, i watched with that this. mustache man and that hairdo yeah. like mm-mm, i did not follow that at all so that was amusing and uh every time i see daniel craig in a new film that's like not james bond i just <laughs> love him a little bit more like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so good in this uh <laughs> the uh the scene where he's giving the <laughs> The chemistry lesson, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, at next next to the vault, right? He's like drawing out the <laughs> equations and stuff. Oh my god, that was I was just I was laughing so hard. I had to just mm-hmm. I had to roll it back and play it again because well, and and the chemistry, so even though that bomb would never work, the chemistry that he explains is completely true. Like mm-hmm. they didn't make that up. It's accurate chemistry. Yeah. Just uh, you couldn't actually pull it off how he did. No, it. right? No, and you're uh, yeah, not really allowed to do that kind of thing in the movie anyway. But uh, they, I think they they so this gets I guess to the point that I was trying to make earlier that I couldn't come up with. But like the the movie is very self aware about sort of the world that it's in and the world that's that is depicting, and like it knows that they can't show you how to actually make a bomb, right? Like that's not mm-hmm. like they're not going to give away some recipe. Right. So what they do is they sort of come up with something so over the top ridiculous that, it, but like it still fits in the fiction of, of the world. Um, and then they just, they just ride, they just write it, you know, they're like, <laughs> okay, this is what we're doing. You get the, you know, the gummy bears and like, just, just go. And, uh, and then even when it comes down to like the quote detonation, right? He, he's like, Oh, I wonder why it didn't work. And he he's like, Oh, I, 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 I twisted it one too many times. And you're like, what? Like, how does that? And then he sends it and boom. And you kind of just have to like, not, uh, not question it. Right. Like it's like, yep. you just roll with just, it. Yep. Just go with it. And well, and that, and that's what he does. He, he does self-aware so well. Yeah. Cause, cause this is oceans 12 that so many people hated. But but the reason so many people hated it is because it was such a self aware movie. Is that the, the one hu- where they have um, they have Julia Roberts, right, right, pretend to be Julia Roberts, right, 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 yeah. And then yes. they, even at the end when she gets caught, the characters are like, looks nothing like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's my point that I was trying to get to is that it's it seems self aware about its about yeah. Th- the world that it's in and the story that it's telling. And it does this really funny balance between, between the two. Yeah. Um, I liked it though. Um, so I, I couldn't figure out it, They make a mention and they say that, uh, that the, the bang brothers, the, <laughs> the two, uh, younger ones, fish and Sam, um, they needed computer skills. <laughs> And there's a whole wonderful scene where he's talking about how he went to the technical school and he knows all the Twitters. Um, (laughs) But that never comes back. Like he doesn't actually have to do anything with computers other than blow up the, um, 
the credit card processing center. Like, is that is that what they were talking about with that? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, I, um, I, I kind of think they got around it in other ways because they ended up not having one. Yeah. I'm hmm. Cause that was, that was one of the like, wait, they didn't really like sort of close the loop on this, but I, I sort of wonder if it was just uh, like, he's supposed to be able to hack the computer and shut down the, credit card processing but instead just instead they just blow blow it up but that's easy i could see that being and that goes back to his style filmmaking which is he just doesn't tell you yeah because why why Mm -hmm. would the characters bring it up so yeah um yeah that was that was definitely one of the questions i had though uh there was another one i'll have to think of really really the one that i i like i don't totally buy but it doesn't break the movie is the driver does it admit that he saw them in the in the hallway? I don't think they sold that well enough that I'm like, oh yeah, he hates him, so he would just lie just to make the other guy look bad. Like I, I mm. it, did, it didn't full feel like that was earned enough, but it didn't break the movie. It's just it's yeah. kind of weird. That that was that was actually one of the other that was the other question that I was trying to think of. Uh was the relationship between the two drivers and they allude- Oh he's not a driver. Uh-huh. He's a his owner. Yeah. His he's he owns the drink company and that's sponsoring him. Who uh wait uh, so Seth MacFarlane is not actually a driver. He is a. He's not a driver. Um, no, the whole he time owns... he's, he's like the. Uh... He'd be like the the CEO of Red Bull who's sponsoring this driver, yeah. right? So I didn't Whatever get that, that energy drink. Oh my is. gosh! Okay, that's why this is why I was confused because they're talking about like the contract and like I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. I'm like, why are the two drivers talking about paying each other? <laughs> and okay. So that was more of a professional relationship that uh, the driver was not as uh, keen to be in, but wanted the check and therefore got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically just said whatever uh, the driver is played by Sebastian Stan, who I think is, he has a very small role in this, but he's continually great in anything he's in. Yeah. So I, I mean, always happy to honestly, see him more work. The fact that, you don't recognize Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane is a pretty underrated actor too because he oh, yeah. plays so many uh, comedies where he doesn't have to be an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. But he he's amazing in this. Like he he you completely buy his character to the point <laughs> where you don't. I didn't even wonder who played him. Like it it took me the second time watching it to go, oh, that's Seth MacFarlane. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other bo- other questions or or notes? I think. Oh, the ending. Uh, I I was like, I wasn't so in the. the really, the F- I love that, that the FBI ending. agent shows up. Yeah, it's like, oh god, what's gonna happen? Like, I just. It's like, is the investigation actually over or what's going on? Like, is she just so oh, smart totally that she's got over. it figured out and she just wants to know, like, that she I, was I, right? Or I, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it had, there were all these questions that it, popped into my head when I thought it was anxiety. nicely wrapped <laughs> up. I, I liked it because 
she she obviously like they didn't bill her as a character that like had to get to the bottom of it um except for that moment because like up until that moment she's just kind of like going along with the evidence they have and they don't have a lot and i i liked that moment because it was like okay she takes her job seriously because up until that point you don't you don't fully buy it because she's not following the the stuff as much as you would see in other movies she doesn't seem like a a detective what's the right word for it like you know she's not oh man i can't think of the term for it but she didn't seem like a bulldog detective going Mm. toward going for everything she actually seemed to be going we don't have evidence for this i'm not going to push it super hard but then she has a personal stake in it because she still wants to know what happened. It was It's kind of a weird character. But I was very curious if they'd gotten a sequel, which they won't because it didn't, it didn't do well enough in theaters, unfortunately, to see what her character, role her character played in the sequel. Hmm. That is too bad because I would like to see a sequel to this. Uh, it, it was yeah, fun. I don't, I don't think it was marketed very well. Yeah, it like it's it. It was definitely a, a financial success, but it wasn't like an oceans movie where they made hundreds of millions of dollars. So, gotcha. Yeah, I I feel like you could maybe because when did this come out originally? Two thousand seventeen. Yep. Oh, twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So not that long ago. Yeah. Sorry, I I don't know why I think of this as an older movie. It's really not. Um, I actually think you could maybe pull off a a sequel with um uh oh struggling here uh <laughs> with Daniel Craig after the success of Knives Out mm, yeah oh, and yeah. that might be a little too much because he's going to be in Knives Out 2 um but I just think you could probably sell a number of movies with <clears throat> with uh with him with that accent <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and that hairdo oh my god mm-hmm. i i mean really the thing that was shocking to me is how many big actors there are in this movie oh so yeah because it's it's not a huge budget movie Mm-mm. i think it was like less than 30 million dollars if i remember looking this up yeah yeah but 29 like, million dollars that's amazing. Like Channing Tatum had a relationship with Sodenberg from previous work. Um, probably Katie. Oh no, not Katie Holmes. <laughs> oh man, one of my favorite jokes in this though is they're calling it the set Ocean's Seven Eleven heist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't mention who this is written by. Uh, Jules. Anzer Asner. Oh no, Asner is Steven Sodenberg's wife. Um, oh, cool. oh, and it's and it's this is her only writing credit. So that, I was going to say, like when you brought up writing, I thought you were going to say only writing credit. I didn't know that she was married to him, but uh, that makes me I, wonder though if she helped on the other movies and didn't get credit. Because uh, um, I, I don't think she, she didn't even write she under her name. With, it's credited yeah, as no. somebody else. Yeah, apparently, right? But but like. Uh, I know with uh, one of the Nolan brothers' wives, mm. she wasn't credited. But then, like later, he was like, she was like half the writing on a bunch of those movies. 
it's not Christopher Nolan because he's the director. It's what is his name? And he did. He's the one that did Westworld. What is his name? Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan Nolan. Jonathan Nolan wrote pretty much all of Christopher Nolan's films. Mm-hmm. And from what he said in interviews, is his wife, which is it Lisa Wiley? Is that it's something yeah. like that? She's she's credited on Westworld now, at least, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Lisa Joy. Um, Joy. She was. Yeah, he said in interviews that like she was a big part of the reason why the writing's so good in the, in in Christopher Nolan's movies, and she's just never credited on them. I don't mm-hmm. think she is even to this point. So, so I, I wonder if it's similar with Soderbergh's wife. It could be. It could be. And actually, it's funny that I talk about the connection. Is another reason I like Soderbergh. Soderbergh is the reason that Christopher Nolan got into. Uh, into uh, Hollywood filmmaking instead of independent filmmaking. Hmm. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. Hollywood's a small world. It is. But, yeah, no, I thought this is is a uh, a really good modern heist movie. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Even if you haven't seen it and you've listened to our entire spiel about it, if you think we've ruined it, trust me, we haven't. Yeah, because not even close. the performances themselves are good enough. Um, we, you know, didn't really even mention like I think some of my favorite stuff is just when Channing Tatum and Adam Driver are just kind of silently going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, they have such a good on-screen. <laughs> they <case>. really do. <laughs> Adam Driver, like he's just he he must oh, ask the, for like extra weird roles, like and the the whole prison <laughs> subplot that we that didn't fantastic. even talk about is so oh, good. Yeah. yeah, actually, that that's yeah the um yeah with the uh the warden the warden who's like we don't have a X Y Z problem here. And just like his blind, like they can just count on him being <laughs> blindly just, you know, ignorant of, of any problems that, so they can just do whatever they want. Oh man. I, and I'm just going to start quoting random things, but I am incarcerated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. One of my favorite little scenes was when, um, uh, Melly. So like, uh, she hops in. She she steals the guy's car. That's you know the stick shift and just mm-hmm. peels out. <laughs> and it's like she's such a badass, but really kind of like she's kind of just there for most of the film yeah. until like. Until she needs to, until it's it's go time, right? And then she's yep. like totally put together. Well, and she's they, a total they, professional. They put it, they they sell it really well because they build it for her. Because you kind of think she's just this a, a little bit ditzy, but not a lot ditzy companion to him. Yeah, that's helping him with tasks. But she keeps talking about driving, and then they like talk about oh she's 
she's got speed she got a speeding ticket or got talked her way out of a speeding ticket mm-hmm. so you kind of you're kind of kind of getting this background for her character and then you see her drive and you're like <laughs> oh <laughs> like that that wasn't just like a hobby for her she's legitimately an amazing driver <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i really love how that all played out and then when it and how it paid off um, yeah that was pretty funny great movie excellent yep. excellent suggestion and, uh, and it goes right on the list with oceans 11 as it's a movie that i just like i need something to watch to feel a little bit better just put on one of these movies yep absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so what's our next film guys we haven't even talked Ooh. about it. We have no idea. Well, we got a list down at the bottom, and maybe maybe Let's you guys thought of something here. else, uh, you know, in between. I mean, I I could I could come up with a pretty big list. This is a very reserved list that I've put down there. So, oh yeah, I still I still think we should do charade because Brett hasn't seen it, but that mm, sort of turns the whole one. concept of this on its head. Ooh. <laughs> I mean. Hey. I mean, fine we, with me. We have two on the list that you haven't seen still. So, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but they're both Brian Johnson to. films. Are we gonna, are we gonna go through like the Ryan Johnson thing? Right, right. Not that I, I, I think that. I think Charade would be a good change of pace. It really would. Okay, let's make, mix it up a little bit. I'm fine with that. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, in two episodes, episode thirteen, uh, we will talk about. Um, the 1963 film with Audrey Hepburn charade. And, and even though I've seen it, this is probably the one on the list that's been the longest time since I've seen it. So yeah, me too. It's, it's been quite a while, Um, but I've seen it a few times and I've enjoyed it every time I watch it. So uh, I'm glad to, uh, and this will be one that I actually have seen before. So we can turn the tables a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Catch you on the uh, flip side. probably just call up microsoft and sony and be like hey we, we want to interview. we gotta we got got any- schedule to keep going so. <laughs> you got anything you can throw for it throw at us can we get oh. an exclusive interview about your consoles yeah brett you could get uh you could get marcus Leto to come on the show you could like <laughs> yeah, talk about you your big podcast that you're doing and then have it be oh. this one and then have it be this one psych <laughs> <laughs>